This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast, putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now here's the executive editor of FireRescueOne.com and FireChief.com, Chief Mark Bashore. We're here today with uh, Chief John Butler uh, from the Fairfax County Fire Rescue Department in Virginia. Chief Butler and I uh, have worked alongside each other for many years in the National Capital Region and uh, now that he's moved out of um, Howard County, Maryland, down to Fairfax County, Virginia, uh, we wanted to spend a little time talking with him about uh, things affecting Fairfax County, but also the fire service in general. So, Chief Butler, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you, uh, Chief uh, Bayshore, sure, and thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you took over the uh, Fairfax County Fire Rescue um, at a time where there was some both internal and external um, turmoil, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, your experience with, uh, specifically with the importance of transparency and about getting a department focused on a mission. Can you talk with us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I've, I've been with the department um, a little bit over a year, and um, the department that I inherited well, I've always thought highly of the Fairfax County Fire and Rescue Department, even uh, coming up through the ranks in um, Howard County, Maryland. When I got here, as you said, there were some uh, turmoil internally and externally. Um, some uh, the department had had uh, taken one on the chin, and so had members of the department in one capacity or the other. Uh, this was an opportunity for me to uh, get with the department and kind of recalibrate what was important to us, the mission, as well as uh, how we would be treating each other with uh, human dignity as we uh, accomplish that mission. Um, the department I've been a part of now for uh, uh, over a year is one that is highly talented, um, passionate, proud, and uh, want to do the right thing, uh, both for the community and their colleagues within the department. I think uh, we're moving forward in a, in a good direction. Uh, we're getting uh, behind some changes that I'm proposing. I've uh, instituted a few things that uh, the department seems to be supportive of and are willing to work with me on. Um, some of those things include you know how we look at some of our the rank structure um we have some work groups that are, are focusing on consensus building in in certain areas such as professional and career development uh, the role of the station officer the role of the battalion management team and a, a internal strategic communications plan how we will communicate and what we will communicate uh, both to the fire chief and from the fire chief. So while I came here and went on a listening tour for the first few months, we're at a point now where I've, I believe I've done enough of an assessment to start making some changes, uh, engaging the department. This is not an autocratic environment that I wanted to create. Uh, our core values talk about shared leadership, and um, not not only am I going to take those values off the wall that's on in a frame, but we're going to actually do it. And these consensus work groups are, are helping me craft where we go from here. 
it's pretty uh, pretty powerful stuff. You talk about shared leadership and um, you know taking a department uh, uh, on a road that while I, you know I'm sure they have experienced shared leadership in the past. I, I knew the past chief there and the chief before that and the chief before that. Um, but obviously, the turmoil suggested there needed to be a change. So the direction um, that you're taking them sounds like um, you you were at least trying to put them on the path to success, more success than they've had in the past. And um, I I applaud you for engaging the shared leadership and engaging the uh, human dignity statements that uh, need to be part of the fire service uh, in general. Uh, so that uh, that that mission is is huge. So I, it's no small uh, no small mission you've got going on there, and I applaud you for uh, taking them in that direction. Well, thank you. So Fairfax County Fire Rescue also just to, to dovetail on that for a second is still a combination system with paid and volunteer firefighters. Um, I. I take it that the volunteer segment of the department is just as engaged in this process as the paid side is. They're engaged, and uh, we're we're actively getting to know each other even more as as the months have gone by. Uh, and I use those words, getting to know each other uh, more. When I got here, uh, the volunteer element of the department was not one I spent a whole lot of uh, focus on on the front end. Uh, as I prioritized the, where I was going to be putting my energy, um, the volunteer system, and, and with their consent, was not something that I dove right into. We're now at a point where we, myself and the uh, volunteer commission and others, are starting to talk about who are, who are you as a volunteer element? What do you do? How do you, how do, you do it? And what is the strategic uh, uh, plan, if you will. I know that that phrase gets used quite a bit, strategic plans. But what is the, sure. the vision of volunteerism in a combination department such as ours? Now, I was, in, I was encouraged, if you will, or intrigued uh, when I asked the volunteers, who are you and what you do? And they self-described uh, as we're the farm team, and um, which I, I found uh, uh, interesting and and to a high degree welcoming because I think uh, the volunteers in Fairfax County have evolved uh, probably faster and, and, and more substantive than many other volunteer systems, um, combina combination systems in a metro area like the na national capital region. Um, I've had a good relationship with the volunteers uh, in uh, Fairfax County and right in this period of time we're working on uh, who they are and what they do and how they're going to do it in the future. So that too, in a yeah. sense, is a work group. It's a consensus work group. Um, we, um, you know, we're starting to roll out uh, those frameworks, and we'll we'll spend some time in the near future, continuing to talk about sure. what it looks like. Well, great. No, it's. Uh, I mean, I know uh, all too well the the uh, dynamics of of managing a combination system are significant and you know with uh, all of the other pieces moving pieces of what you're dealing with another big piece that uh, again I applaud you for trying to get in front of and make sure that uh, inclusion is there so 
that takes us right to the next thing I wanted to talk about. You and I have talked before in some videos and different things we've done about mentoring. And uh, I want to, just to talk for a minute, if you can, about the importance to you um, of a mentoring or a mentoring program. Uh, I don't like to always say mentor program because the connotation tends to get lost in people. But the importance of mentoring and the importance of being mentored. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. You know, I believe uh, coaching and mentoring in the fire service um, is undersold, is understated, is underrecognized. Uh, when we build um, leadership programs, we collectively build leadership programs or, or talk about the job description of some of our leadership roles. Um, I don't think we're giving enough credence to mentoring uh, coaching and mentoring that's a personal opinion um, yeah I, I could not have been here or here in Fairfax County as I would right now call myself reasonably successful um, it's still it's still early but I'll, I'll give myself it's a work in progress yep. yes work in progress um, being a fire chief of two metro sized departments I stand on the shoulders of so many mentors and and former fire chiefs, retired chiefs, um, academy instructors, and you name it. And the one thing I remember from all of them were those informal coaching sessions and, and you know, brutally honest, courageous conversations. I currently employ and work with a in an executive coach, one that I've been with for many years. And the individual has never been in the fire service, um, has been very effective as a friend, and and mentor um he may he may not know all the pieces the nomenclature and the technical pieces of a fire department but he's a, has been a great um advisor uh, especially when it comes to the the human skills so when i got here there there were pre before me there were recommendations that um senior leadership in fairfax county fire and rescue department be um, exposed to uh, executive coaches and uh, we've made that available to our battalions, chiefs, deputy chiefs, assistant chiefs. I already had one, and uh, we 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 made that resource available to our chief officers. A good handful yeah. have taken uh, me up on it. Um, you know, I'll I'll cover the tab if they'll uh, engage with an executive coach. And um, and and every week I spend time. Uh, early, sometimes early morning, 7 a.m. or so, uh, coaching one-on-one -on -one with the the leaders of the department, from lieutenants, captains, battalions, and so on. One-on-one -on -one at a coffee shop for an hour or so. I made that available. And, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that a department is ever too big. You know, those words. It's so large, you can't get personal. Well, I beg to differ, and I also beg, I also plan to prove that wrong. Um, there are still times I'm carving out to have eyeball to eyeball, extreme leadership sessions with, with folks. Some of them have gone on to become fire chiefs elsewhere, um, be it here in Fairfax County or even in Howard County. Um, so uh, I'm not just going to talk to talk, but I, I intend to model the behavior um, of, of mentoring and coaching. That's great. That's great. Uh, you know, we talk about 
the conversations. I love the, um, it's not just an analogy, but I, I, I love the analogy of someone from the outside being that coach, that mentor, somebody without uh, fire service experience. You know, sometimes we get into those cocoons that not only we're so big, but the cocoon that nobody understands us. Right. There is a, a, you know, there is a time and a place for that. Nobody understands us when we talk about um, uh, specific things to fire and rescue and fire and EMS. But the reality is, management is a universal uh, thing, and and leading is a universal thing. I, I. Um, I like to refer people to it. a book that I use as my kind of personal coach, and it's uh, the title is Fierce Conversations. Uh, and that book um, gives me some um, personal direction mm-hmm. about how to deal with those conversations and have those mentoring sessions. And it, it becomes my mentor, if you will, uh, in current time. Um, because yeah, the, the, what you said about standing on the shoulders of those chiefs—it uh, it can't go, uh, can't go unmentioned. And I appreciate you bringing those, you know, bringing those folks along. Uh, so that takes us then to—it's um, not just about us, right? Sometimes people get lost. So uh, you know, we have a community that we serve, uh, and that really is all of our mission: is to serve our community, whoever that community is. Wanted to talk a little bit about uh, public engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the uh, some of the strife or or the uh, internal and external turmoil that I talked about before had to do with a social media presence, uh, some public engagement, different things going on. Not that the department per se was doing, but that uh, some associations within and without uh, were. So let's talk about the positive side. How do we engage the public? How do we feed, I'll say, feed the beast mm-hmm. uh, of public information and the need for engagement, um, reputation management, all those things? How do we help other departments weather those storms and, and you know be progressive about moving forward? Well, it's, I don't, I don't want to simplify the response, but it's, it's all about an outward mindset. And... Yeah. Um, a good half dozen times or so a day in, with my team, when I get information, there's usually a question that follows that, and that's, who needs to know this? And we yeah. have to continue to ask ourselves, who needs to know this? It's a Socratic, open-ended question. Um, sometimes it's only internals, internal stakeholders. Sometimes it's external. Sometimes it's, it's uh, our uh, uh, you know, governmental leadership above us. Um, but, uh, I, I try, I'm not a social media person, believe it or not, never have had, uh, some of the platforms that exist now. I have one mm-hmm. and, um, and, and that, that Twitter account came about when I became the fire chief and it was, uh, created solely to tell the department's story from the fire chief's perspective. Um, I think it's critical. Yeah. And, and, um, I'm pretty liberal with it. I push a lot out, um. Uh, I, you know, continue to to rely on the department's platforms, the, the department's social media platform, to tell the official and formal message. But um, at times, the community internally and externally want to hear from the leader of that department. You know, absolutely. Who needs to know this? Um, I, I send out my own tweets. There, nobody does them for me. Um, and and just going through the community, finding um, 
little snippets and stories to tell. So to your point about feeding uh, the beast, um, the community has an insatiable appetite for information, and they rightfully should. And we have a responsibility to uh, to share. Uh, oftentimes, I will get um, direct uh, you know direct messages from the community on things I need to know, be it code violations or or invites to certain uh, events. They may not know my email address or phone number, but it's uh, it's interesting to see how the community relies on healthy social media. Um, there's always room to grow and we can always learn from each other in public safety. There, there, there are entities that are doing it better than we are and vice versa. Um, but sure. we, can't, we can't sleep on um, the, the culture right now in the US for social media. It's, it's, a, it's a tool that can be very useful and helpful. Yeah, we, we we can't sleep and we can't hide from it. I can't and hide it. Uh, right. right. Yeah. Yeah, I think the um, transparency that that creates. I, I follow your uh, Twitter feed and, uh, you know, much like I did in Prince George's County uh, when I was there, you, you do a great job of telling the community, just like you said, telling the community what's going on from the chief's perspective. And that's important for them to know. It's important for them to hear what their chief is doing. Right. Um, so that uh, that community that we're talking about, uh, the next topic I want to cover uh, is uh, diversity. And you know, the National Capital Region, the Washington area, is one of the most diverse areas of the country. Uh, certainly, most metropolitan areas are, but uh, the the National Capital Region in the uh, Fire and EMS Service really has made significant strides in leadership diversity. Um, you know, there are now uh, five, I believe, uh, chiefs just right there in the initial um, National Capital Region that are, are minority chiefs, whether that's female, uh, African-American, or uh, other. There, there are five leaders of the organizations uh, that are in those minority groups. So fantastic advancements in National Capital Region. But how is the system doing? How is our service doing from your perspective, meaning the fire service, uh, on diversity? What, what is it that we can do to help uh, to improve, help other chiefs improve and manage diversity and diverse opinions around them? So you're, you're right. Uh, there are uh, quite a few, and, and you, you know, I haven't really sat down and counted, but to your point, um, the look of the fire service in in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia region uh, sure does look diverse at that, those leadership roles in those in those leadership roles. But under that level, we still have a lot of work to do. Um, uh, by by having a uh, uh, you know a a minority fire chief should not be where we stop. We have a lot of work to do for the entire department, and uh, it starts right. from the, the rec recruiting and um, having some asymmetric thought on recruiting, because in this area, we're all going to generally the same pools. We're going to the same places and doing the same things. The, and some of it, I think, is aged on on how we recruit. Um, there's some some other other means and other creative and innovative ways we can uh, 
uh, uh, tools we can use for recruiting, social media for one. Um, you know, I've always uh, been kind of lukewarm to job fairs. It, if, if it's very monolithic and you're going to set up a table and have brochures, um, I don't know the numbers, but I think we can go a little deeper than setting up a table and sure. having brochures. You and I know that's typically how public safety has have done it for a long time. Um, some things we're yeah. doing here in Fairfax is uh, once we've attracted you, the candidate, and you've attracted us, and we've kind of introduced ourselves to each other, we're bringing candidates in to, to shadow, to spend time in a firehouse, to, to spend time with CPAT, or uh, you know, on a medic unit, or whatever the case might be, because what we want, I'd rather have a, a well-informed candidate who knows that um, today's fire department is not fighting fires like Chicago, New York, Boston. Um, the 24-hour period looks a little d- different than they might have perceived. Um, sure. So that could cut down on some of the attrition of the, you know, the, the folks who decide to not take the offer or start the academy and then, you know, resign a week later because it's not what they wanted. Or what I call quick quits, quick quits, where they graduate and then shortly thereafter, we lose, uh, you know, a large invested investment in an individual. So back to your original question about uh, diversity, we are a a very diverse uh, community in in this region. Um, Now we have to expose uh, to that diverse uh, uh, community, what the fire service is. Uh, believe it or not, I don't. I don't think yet that the uh, minority communities really uh, know as much of what the fire service does as many others might. Um, so there's still an education piece, and um, salaries seem to be, uh, you know, liv- livable wages, to put it lightly. And this is a, right. you know, it's a. Some say it's a blue-collar uh, profession, and it might be, but it, it pays well, and it's meaningful, and it's needed, and now we just have to tell our story. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and I think social media certainly um, has to play a significant role in that recruitment, and uh, that's where all of the generations that, you know, you call them Z, X, whoever it is that you're attracting, uh, they're all on social media. And you're absolutely right. Few of them are actually coming to job fairs. Um, there's still a place for that. But sure. At point, point well taken that uh, social media needs to be part of that, that beast. So Fairfax County, uh, any innovative programs or service enhancements, things that are uh, really going great there or coming up that you want our listeners to know about? Um. We're, we're proud of the services. Obviously, every fire chief uh, would say that um, in a conversation. Very proud of what we do here. Uh, we have a, a, I think we have a strong EMS, ALS delivery system with uh, medics on, on all our frontline apparatus on the streets. Um, there's, a, there's an issue with sustainability with that, but we will continue to work on that. Recruitment of ALS uh, responders you know that's a nationwide to some extent yeah um, for everybody sure right but as of today we're still doing it and, and and getting 
you know, ALS care at patient side in a, in a very timely manner. Um, I'm impressed with what might, might be a, a well-diverse recruit class that will be coming up in the near future for us based on what I see from coming out of recruitment. Um, uh, what we started here since I've been here is the Fire Chiefs Equity and Inclusion Council, which is mm -hmm. somewhat, uh, I think, is novel at, at, to my little piece of the world. I think it's a novel idea of having an equity and inclusion uh, council of, of, you know, members of various ranks and demographics that meet with the fire chief on a, on a periodic base, basis. I think it's quarterly now. And we just have some uh, conversations regarding equity and inclusion um, as it relates to policies, practices, and uh, you name it. Um, our That's uh, great. Great opportunity to uh, to get the inclusion within the uh, all levels of the department. Yes, That's great. right. It, again, I'm I'm drilling down on those core values that we have in the department, from integrity, professional excellence. Uh, uh, diversity and inclusion, shared leadership, uh, those words, and I said it earlier when we started talking, we're going to have to peel them off the wall and live them. Uh, organizations are great at, at sometimes getting, paying consultants to come up with their core values and, and mission statements and, and so on, and they look good in fire, in fire stations and on, on, in framed documents, but uh, everything we do we have to put the why behind it and that's something i continue to preach here why do we do this it must it must have a direct line to one of our core values this is why we do what we do um, or else we'll kind of lose our, our way um, we're trying some uh, behavioral health surveying uh, in uh, occupational health center whereas for the uh, during our annual physical we're we're taking a moment to assess individuals um, as it relates to, uh, you know, their behavioral health, uh, gauge the degree of, of stressors of our uniform members. It's, it's voluntary, kind of a survey, and, and, and from there it's scored, and, and then we can introduce the, uh, professional and clinical help if needed. Uh, we started that probably six months ago. Uh, it's been about, you know, the middle of 2019 is when we we started something like that. Our diversion our diversion first program is similar to some mobile integrated health programs where we're uh, attached and associated with other public safety and health uh, health department uh, members to engage uh, the community with opioid or uh, some other um, super utilizer uh, uh, situations. So we we're, we're chipping away. It's, it hasn't been that long, as I said. I haven't been here that long, but uh, I do like and I am and, and encouraged. I'm excited on the direction this department is going. Really, really proud of it. Uh, that's outstanding. I know you had, uh, any time you take over a department that size, even if it's a well-oiled machine that's everything's running fine, you have your hands full. And I, I know... Uh, that you have your hands full, but I know that those are capable hands, and uh, I'm sure that uh, you'll continue to handle things professionally, and you'll take the department uh, to new heights. I want to let our listeners know that uh, Chief Butler joined Fire Rescue One's 
uh, editorial advisory board um, recently. Chief Butler, I appreciate you taking time today. I appreciate you sharing with us the information not only about Fairfax Fire Rescue, but about mentoring and uh, diversity and uh, the public engagement, all the different things we talked about. Uh, thank you for your time, and I uh, appreciate you spending it with us today. And uh, anytime. <laughs>